Welcome to the first ever um, podcast of Everything NHL, uh, the former hockey segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and we're here with our hockey expert, James Kumar. Hey, what's up, man? So so this week, um, we're going to recap the games on Thursday and some of the Friday games, and we'll talk about some pickups that we have. And... We'll talk about some league stuff as well. Uh, the Lake Tahoe game was pretty interesting, and we'll talk about Montreal and just some general stuff. And then we'll take a look at some of the Saturday games and the hockey pool as well. It sounds good. Let's hop into it. All right. So let's start with some of the Thursday games that we have here. Uh, we could start with, I guess, the Boston Bruins versus the New York Islanders. Uh, the New York Islanders, they played very well. Um, it was a score of 7-2. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> this was a crazy game. Um, let's see who scored in the first period. So Nick Ritchie scored in the first period. Adam Pellick scored in the first period. And Matthew Barzil, all three of them scored in the first period. And in the second period, Craig Smith of the Bruins scored. And then in the third period, uh, Anthony Bolivier scored. Jordan uh, Ibero scored. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot scored. Anders Lee scored. And Olivier Wallstrom scored. So that's an insane uh, number of goals by the New York Islanders. Um, just wondering about your thoughts about this game. Yeah, that just seemed like a crazy third period. Um, I believe it was tied 2-2 at the end of the second period. And then in the third period, what was it, like five straight goals from the Islanders? I think one of them was even shorthanded. So I think the Islanders just played a really solid game here. Um, whether it's some rust from the Bruins after that whole outdoor experience that they had or, or whatnot, they just didn't play well at all. Um I know that they are still the best team in that East division, but after that game against the Islanders, it really didn't look like it. And I guess when we get to uh, Friday's matchup, we can kind of tell where the Bruins are at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like we say before, um, sometimes these kind of games do happen and the Islanders, they're doing pretty well this year as well. They're not a team to, to just be slept on. So these kind of games do happen. It could just be a slump, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them going forward. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we'll go to the uh, next game we have here, which is the Penguins versus the Washington Capitals. Uh, Washington had a decisive uh, victory, 5-2. Um, Nicholas Backstrom scored in the first period for Washington. And then in the second period, there were no goals. And then in the third period, there was a bunch. So TJ uh, Oshie scored. Brandon Tanev scored. Jake uh, Gunsel scored. Tom Wilson scored. 
Carl Hagelin scored, and then Lars Eller scored. So that's a lot of goals in the third period. I was just wondering about your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, just sort of looking at this game, um, it started off 2-0 uh, for Washington, and then Pittsburgh quickly put in two goals to tie it up. Um, and then uh, Washington just sort of took control of the game from there with those three late goals from Wilson, Hagelin, and, and Eller. And I think Washington really needed uh, this game. Um, I guess just looking at a sort of where they were going into this game, uh, they've sort of been on a rough skid. Um, in their last 10, um, going into that game, they had only won three games. So they were really struggling. And that was sort of a must win. They've also struggled against Pittsburgh a lot uh, recently. So uh, they really needed to bounce back. And, and that's what they did. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about, about it later, but I was wondering about your thoughts on either team um, in the playoff race. Um, I think that division, the East division, it's sort of a five-team race as of right now. Um, like You got the Boston Bruins, um, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Islanders, and Washington Capitals. I believe four out of those five teams will make the playoffs. I know we talked about that at the beginning of the season, and it's really looking like that those are going to be the five teams. We just don't know which four of the five. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely yeah, something to monitor. I think Pittsburgh right now, as we speak, are on the outside looking in of the, of that five because of this loss to the Capitals and the Islanders getting that win against Boston. So we'll just have to keep an eye on, on the standings there daily. Yeah, for sure. And if you're a Pittsburgh fan, I know that you're going to be looking for the Penguins to make it into a playoff spot this season. Yeah, I know Pittsburgh is definitely one of the more exciting teams to watch. I really enjoy watching them, so we'll see if they can get in this year. For sure. And uh, next we have the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, this one is more of a low-scoring game. Uh, Tampa Bay won three one. Um, well, it's kind of crazy that three one's a low scoring game. First of all, but uh, it's insane how high the scoring <laughs> is this year. Like it's it's been crazy. Yeah. So I guess in the first period, uh, Carolina scored their only game. I mean, their only score of the game. Um, Brett uh, Pesha. Um, uh, I I say Pesci, but yeah, it's it's Pesci. similar. Yeah. Yeah, so he scored um, the only Carolina goal for the game in the first period. And in the second period, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, he scored for Tampa Bay. And then in the third period, um, there were two more goals for Tampa Bay, uh, Yanni Gord and Barkley Goodrow. So I was just wondering about your thoughts on these two teams. Um, I think these two teams are sort of near the top of that division. As you can see, as we speak, the Lightning have a 13-4-1 record and the Hurricanes have a 12-6-1 record. So both solid teams with solid records. Um, I know that Carolina shut out Tampa Bay earlier in the week. So I think this is sort of Tampa Bay just getting their legs back and sort of just trying to prove that they're still the top team. Um, so I, I guess just going into this game, I kind of had a feeling that, you know, Tampa Bay was going to get it done. And then uh, they, they really did. They got it done. And they're just showing why even even with injuries, even like no matter who they have or don't have in the lineup, they're still one of the best teams in the league. And they're still the defending cup champs. 
Yeah. Well, you never underestimate the heart of a champion. Yeah, that's it, man. They're playing like it. Yeah. So let's see. The next game that we have is the Florida Panthers versus the Dallas Stars. Um, Florida won 3-2. Um, it was a hard, hard-fought game, but Florida was able to come out on top. Um, in the first period, there were no goals, but in the second period, Joe Pavelski and Jamie Benn scored for Dallas. But in the third period, uh, Florida just came back and Alexander <laughs> Barkov scored, Anton Strahlman scored, and Frank Vetrano scored. So they basically just caught up in the third period and they clutched it out. So I was just wondering about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think um, on Thursday, I was taking a look at the scores um, around maybe 8 or 9 p.m. Eastern. And I, I just saw Tampa or not Tampa, uh, Dallas up to nothing in this game. And I'm like, OK, this game is probably over. Dallas is sort of just uh, doing their thing in this game. And then third period comes and Florida just turns uh, it right up and they just score three goals and then that's it, you know, like, and the, the goals just by looking at it, the, they were all within like three minutes of each other. Like just looking at the goal times, like 1339 for Barkov, 1431 for Strawman and 1650 for Vitrano. So, and they were, that's near the end of the period. Um, so they, they really just went a full 40, or like 50 minutes uh, basically without do, doing any scoring. And then in the last 10 minutes of the game, they just pop three quick goals and then just win the game. That's very surprising and very Florida-esque. I know they've been a surprise team this year. Um, and I mean, having a record of 13-4-2 and two is very surprising for a team that just was never consistently a playoff team in the past. Uh, so we'll just have to see uh, how things are going forward for Florida. And then as of Dallas, you know, they've had all these shutdowns, whether it's COVID, whether it's that big snowstorm um, that they had passed through Dallas, they've just had so many games canceled. So it's been tough on them. So I could understand why Florida won this game, but uh, hopefully Dallas will bounce back in their next game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dallas has had it pretty rough. So hopefully they've, uh, they get some more smooth sailing. Uh, coming forward yeah just hopefully they can round out to be that team that went to the finals last year yeah for sure so the next game that we have is the chicago blackhawks versus the blue jackets and chicago won 2-0 and all the goals came in the third period with patrick kane and carl soderberg um, so it was another hard fought game, but Chicago came out on top. So I was just wondering about your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Kane's been carrying this team on his back. Like uh, no one expected this team to be even close to sniffing a playoff spot this year with all the injuries coming into the year uh, with not having a starting goaltender really going into the year. Um, just everything stacked against the wall for this team. Everyone expected them to be in the running for the first overall selection in the draft next year. And I mean, Patrick Kane's like what top five in scoring as we speak, uh, Chicago's sitting in that fourth position. It may, might even be third position right now, uh, but in terms of points percentage, I think they're in fourth position in that central division and they're catching everyone by surprise. They're beating up on a Columbus team 
that I guess just hasn't really found their footing this year. They got a mediocre eight, 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 eight and five record. They're hovering around 500. They just really haven't gotten their footing this year. Um, and yeah, Chicago took advantage of it in this game. Um, rookie goaltender uh, Lankinen, uh, he's been playing well, but it, it wasn't him who got the shutout. It was backup Malcolm Subban. He played really well. So, I mean, if they're getting good goaltending from both goalies, I mean, hey, look out for this team. They could actually be a playoff team this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, pretty, I think they might be able to make a surprise this year. Yeah, I mean, they made that surprise run in the bubble last year. And, like, no one expected them to beat the Oilers, and then they did. Of course, uh, Vegas uh, came through and blew their doors off at the first round of the playoffs. But, I mean, at least they made the playoffs last year. And, I mean, it's looking like they might do it again. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of surprises, we have the Calgary Flames versus oh, the man. Ottawa Senators. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, when I saw the score of this game, I was just like, what on earth is going on? Um, let, Nate, let me take this one. I really want to talk about this. Sure. So um, just I don't know what Calgary was thinking going into this game. I mean, Ottawa just chased uh, both goalies. Uh, it looks like Markstrom didn't even play. It was uh, Riddick and the backup, uh, Zagid Dolan. I've never even heard of him. He got into some action. Uh, Riddick allowed the first four goals and Zagid Dolan allowed the last two. So um, uh, first period, Drake Batherson scored from uh, Stutzel and Isimov. And I mean, um, Batherson's been one of the best young players for Ottawa. I'm really liking the way Ottawa's turning things around with your young team. Got Eric Branson scoring also. Um, in that first period, two nothing Ottawa to start. Then Lucic scores the only goal for the the Flames um, from Dubay and Tanev. And I mean, after that, we wouldn't see any scoring from Calgary. Uh, they just had a, a, a rough game. Um, Connor Brown scored for Ottawa. Eric Brandstrom scored for Ottawa. It was four one heading into the third period. And then Colin White uh, buried two goals there in that third period. First one from Nick Paul and Thomas Shabbat, and the second one also from Thomas Shabbat. And yeah, this Ottawa team's really turning it around. I mean, they just beat Montreal two times recently. They beat the Leafs last week. We know about that blowout game. We talked about it. And then this blowout game as well. I mean, Ottawa's turning heads. Uh, do you think that there's a chance they could even make a playoff run? I mean... It looks like it could be done, but I'm not really too sure about that. Um, yeah, honestly, I, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but it's like, I guess it's like the moment where it's like, okay, we don't have anything to lose, even though we're not going to make the playoffs, but let's just go spoil every team, every game and see what happens. I mean, hey, in their last five games, they have five wins. So that's better than the way they started. I believe they started like what one in twelve or like two and twelve, something. Oh yeah, yeah. Something really bad like that they started, and they've just been way better ever since. And I mean, like just looking at them, they've got three wins in a row. This team's on fire. I believe they have to play Calgary again for Saturday's game. So when we look at Saturday's game, we're gonna have to take a look at that. And yeah, I mean, if Ottawa can string some wins together in a row, Montreal looks like they're slipping from that fourth spot in the North Division. You never know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Ottawa could take it. We'll see. But 
it all bow beat in insane feet because of oh, how low if, they started. If Ottawa makes the playoffs and then they got to play first seed Toronto, that's going to be a scary matchup for the Leafs. Like it, it's like one of those matchups where you like basically Ottawa has nothing to lose and the Leafs will have like everything to lose. <laughs> There'll be so much pressure. Yeah, I know for sure. So I guess we'll go to the next game now. And uh, I guess we have the New Jersey Devils versus the Boston Sabres. Um, uh, Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Sabres. Oh, Buffalo Sabres, my bad. Yeah, no worries. So the New Jersey Devils came up on top uh, by one goal. Uh, Riley Shahan uh, for the Buffalo Sabres scored in the first period. And then in the second period, uh, we had Jesper Bratt for New Jersey with one goal. And Casey Middlestat uh, for Buffalo for another goal. And then in the third period, we have Miles Wood and Nico Hichier. Um, they both scored for New Jersey. And Sam Reinhardt scored for Buffalo. And then uh, Pavel Zacha scored in overtime to take the game. So I guess I was just wondering about um, your thoughts about uh, New Jersey. Um, I know New Jersey has definitely been playing better than they were last year. I know last year they were one of the few teams that didn't make the bubble, uh, the 2014 bubble. So they were like the, one of the seven worst teams in the league. And I mean, like just looking at them now, they have a record of seven, six, and two as we speak. So that's a winning record. They're playing a lot better. Buffalo's really struggled this year. It's good to see Casey Middlestat scoring. He's one of the young guys that they're really hoping that can come through. Everyone's been calling him a bust. Uh, just seeing him being back in the lineup and scoring, especially on the power play, giving him power play time and him getting a power play goal. It's really nice to see. So hopefully he can turn things around. And then, yeah, it's good to see Nico Heischer score his first goal um, of the season, uh, being the new, new uh, the new captain for the New Jersey Devils. So um, just great stuff throughout this whole game. Uh, new Jersey coming out on top, um, as you said. And, uh, yeah, these two teams are sort of near the bottom of the East. Um, hopefully one of them can sort of make things interesting uh, there in that division. It would be funny if one of those two teams goes on an audible run and just starts destroying people. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've seen Buffalo do it at the beginning of seasons before. Uh, they've just never been able to maintain it. So Buffalo is that kind of team that can get scoring going. You know, we just got to see it happen. They just really haven't shown us anything as of late. Yeah. Well, I mean, they both have, I guess, okay records. I think uh, Buffalo was 6-6-8, six, six and eight, I think. And Yeah, they, I think they probably, oh yeah, they, this counts as an overtime loss. So yeah, they're at 6-8-3 and three now. So this yeah. doesn't count as a regulation loss, which is good for them. They at least get a point. And then, yeah, yeah. like we said, New Jersey, seven, six, and two. Yeah. So, again, even though they're not necessarily at the top, that's that's still, I guess, a good record to have. Yeah, they, they can definitely build on it. So uh, we'll just see what happens going forward next few weeks for these teams. Yep, for sure. And uh, for our next game, we have the Nashville Predators versus the Detroit uh, Red Wings, um, this was another fairly high-scoring game. Um, Detroit won 5-2. 
Um, that's again, I don't remember <laughs> seeing scores like this as a kid, but uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just surprised Detroit won. They're, I mean, they've got six wins on the year. Uh, everyone expected them to be just as bad as they were last year, and I mean, to have six wins in in that division, I mean, they're doing pretty good for themselves. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's not like they they had to wait very long for goals either. I mean, in the first period, um, they were able to respond to uh, Mikhail Granlin goal with a Luke Glenn, Glenn Denning goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in the first, first period. And then Sam Gagne scored in the second period. And then in the third period, they had... Uh, Detroit had three goals and Nashville only had one goal. So again, this was a very dominant looking performance from Detroit. Yeah, I know it's amazing. Um, yeah, um, like you said, uh, the only goal in the third period was from uh, Eric Howla for the Predators. And then um, Detroit just went on a goal uh, scoring streak. Uh, Sam Gagne had a second of the game there. Um, and then Adam Ernie scored for Detroit and then Sam Gagne finished off the hat trick there at the end. And um, just that hat trick for Gagne, just bringing back memories. I think back, I think it was around 2012, he had that eight point game for the the Oilers when back when he used to play for the Oilers, um, putting up eight points, man, I think only like four or five guys in the history of the league have ever done it. So I guess just watching him get a hat trick, um, you know, he's bounced around from team to team since then, hasn't really shown much. Uh, hopefully Gagne can sort of stay uh, as a, a prominent forward there for Detroit. I mean, if he's helping them win, then why not? Well, I mean, I believe uh, Gagne is French for win, so why not? I mean, if he's going to help them win, then uh, Gagne, Gagne, <laughs> Gagne, three times for the hat trick. All right. So I guess I was just also wondering about your thoughts on Detroit's, um, I guess, record and where they kind of stand in the league. Um, I mean, they, I, I believe they're still near the bottom of that division, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they just really haven't gotten much going this year. Six wins is still better than what they've had. I mean, with that win over Nashville, they're only one point behind the Predators. So uh, we know Nashville's sort of slipped and fallen off this year after a uh, a decently solid campaign last year. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but they were still a much better team than they are this year. Uh, a lot of stuff just seems to be going wrong for Nashville. So um, I guess if Detroit wants to sort of gain ground in that division, Nashville's the the team they should be beating. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of good to see the, I guess, the teams that are kind of lower in the standings to kind of, it's good to see them still fighting. They're not going, okay, I guess maybe we'll just wait for next year get a pick and see what happens yeah i guess um you don't want to waste the whole season um especially with detroit you know the young guys got to start putting in some effort see what they have with their young stars yeah especially like now this is a time to kind of experiment with your team see what works and what doesn't and what needs to be uh readjusted yeah for sure and speaking of readjustments um <laughs> we have the montreal canadians versus the winnipeg jets um another crazy game uh winnipeg won 
Oh man, and, let me take. Uh, I want to take this. Let let me take <laughs> this one, bro. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Montreal coaching change, but this is the first game after they changed coaches, and it it, it was just an uh, it was a close game, and then Montreal just let it get away. Um, they started off really well. Uh, Joel Armia scoring both goals in the first period um, to give them a two nothing lead. Then Kyle Connor scored for Winnipeg. Uh, on the power play and then right after Montreal scored on the power play from uh, it was Thomas Tatar so they were up 3-1 things were going well and then they let Winnipeg come back at them um and score like what is it like five straight goals yeah five straight goals it's insane they're up 3-1 then five straight goals go in uh, two goals go in in that second period Kyle Connor scored again and then Blake Wheeler scored it was 3-3 heading into the third period and then the doors just blew open. Uh, the The Jets just came through. Uh, Nate Thompson, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, um, and Mark Shifley scoring in that third period for the Jets. And I don't think this coaching change has worked so far for Montreal. I mean, they got that early uh, jolt from it, but uh, it really just didn't hold up. I think there might be uh, a lot of deeper issues with this team. Yeah, for sure. And I guess. We should probably give credits to the Jets as well. They just turned on the Jets and won. Yeah, I mean, this team is a top three team in the North Division um, to go along with both the Leafs and the Oilers. So, um, yeah, all credit due to Winnipeg. I know that's not what we've been focusing on, but, yeah, they, they had a solid game and their scores really came out to play. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I was just wondering about your thoughts on the Winnipeg um, Jets and the standings. Um, I think right now with the Oilers being on such a hot streak and the Leafs sort of being dominant early, they've sort of cemented themselves as the third best team. And to stay there, they just got to keep playing the way that they're playing. But they are playing good hockey. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully the for the Winnipeg Jets fans, they can kind of stay, stay where they are as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. And so next we have the... Edmonton Oilers versus the Vancouver Canucks. Um, the Edmonton Oilers won 3-0. So, uh, again, a pretty dominant um, victory. Um, I guess this is a bit of a dis- disappointment to uh, Vancouver fans, unfortunately. Uh, this whole season has been a disappointment for Vancouver <laughs> fans. I think we just got to come out and just say it. Every Canucks fan expected this team to make the playoffs. I mean, um, if you are watching on YouTube, I am wearing an Elias Pedersen uh, Vancouver Canucks retro jersey. But, uh, I mean, he he couldn't score. The rest of the Canucks just couldn't score in this game. Um, 3 nothing was the final. Uh, Alex Chason, Jesse Pugliarvi, and, and Connor McDavid scoring the goals. McDavid is on an unreal scoring pace right now. What is he... Uh, like 20 some games he's got like 40 points he almost has two points a game this guy's putting up like Gretzky like numbers I mean like this Oilers team's hot right now like uh, just looking at that their um, win total they're at 14 wins on the year only eight losses and in their last 10 they've won eight um, in their last 10 with five wins in a row so this team is just flying uh, blowing the doors off teams. They're getting goaltending. Like Mike Smith got the shutout at this game. I don't even think he's lost the entire season since he came back from injury. He's got like six wins, zero losses. He's been amazing for this Oilers team. 
Yeah, this and their record is kind of crazy too because they have like the their records are like the reverse of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can say that again. The Canucks just haven't really generated much. I believe out of those eight wins, like three or four have come against Ottawa, and they can barely beat the rest of the teams that they face. Yeah, for sure. And I was just wondering about your thoughts on Connor McDavid because he's playing like a generational player right now. Well, I mean, we've always said he's going to be the the next generational player to follow Sidney Crosby uh, in the NHL, sort of to take the reins from him. And I guess it's looking like that. He's just got to get it done in the playoffs. That's the only knock on him being that generational player. So we'll see what happens this year with the Oilers in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully for Edmonton fans, they can kind of see the the future of the of the NHL right here and make it to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And I guess next we could probably cover some of the Friday games that just finished. Yeah, I think a couple of them are done. Um, and then I think one of them's still going on as we're recording. Yeah, uh, I think the Colorado versus Arizona game is going on. Um, I guess what the ending will probably be predictable, but we'll, we won't cover it because it's not done yet. Um, we could probably cover Boston versus the New York Rangers first. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, another crazy game. Another um, blowout loss for Boston. What's going on here? I don't know, yeah. ever since that outdoor Tahoe game, I know we'll get to sort of what happened there, but yeah, Boston just keeps getting blown out. The 6-2 Rangers win. It's big for the Rangers, first of all. Let's not take anything away from them. They don't have their top scorer in Panarin, you know, dealing with all of those um, Russian um, government issues and, and all the, the allegations and so on. So he's taken a, a leave of absence from the Rangers. But I mean, in this game, it looks like they didn't miss a beat. Um I'll give it to you to sort of talk about the score. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the New York Rangers won 6-2, uh, which is kind of crazy to think they don't even have their best player and they still won 6-2. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip DiGiuseppe, um, he scored in the first period and there was still uh, 13 minutes left on the clock so this was very early in the first period and in the second period Ryan Strom uh, scored Uh, there were two goals for the Bruins and that was basically all they had Uh, Patrice Bergeron and Colin uh, Blackwell they both uh, scored for the Boston Bruins but actually uh, I think the Rangers were up 3-1 at that point yeah I think at that at that point it was like it was already gonna look like they were gonna win, mm-hmm. and Chris I think Chris Kreider scored again, and basically it was four one after that. So and then in the third period, um, Pavel uh, Buknovic, Johnny Brodzinski, and uh, Brad Marchand scored. Also, my bad. The Marchand scored in the third period. And so uh, Boston had their last goal in the third period, and then they had their first goal in the second. So they just couldn't get anything done, which is very disappointing for Boston fans. Yeah, it was tough. Um, I guess the only thing I can say is they'll just need a bounce back 
uh, in their next game. Um, I do believe their next game is either Sunday or Monday. So I think they have a day or two just to, you know, recap and regather sort of with their team, just sort of figure out what's going on um, and then just sort of regroup from there. But they are still one of the best teams there in the East. Yeah, for sure. Like we said before, like these things do happen. You do do go on um, losing streaks and they can get pretty embarrassing sometimes, but Mm -hmm. uh, let's not sleep on other teams in the NHL. Um, The New York Rangers played amazing and it's kind of crazy that they pulled this against Boston of all teams. Yeah, definitely. They really came out to play this game. Uh, it, It really looks like it by the score. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the last game that we're going to recap is uh, Minnesota Wild versus the LA Kings. Um, Minnesota, they played um, pretty pretty good. They beat the Kings 3-1. They had three goals in the first period. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, Nick uh, Bjorkstad, and Joel Erickson all scored in the first period. And uh, L.A. scored their only goal in the third period, Jeff Carter. So, again, a very dominant performance by a Minnesota Wild. And they're now 11-6, and six, so I was just wondering about your thoughts on Minnesota. Yeah, well, um, Minnesota, as of late, has been playing really well. Um, they're really shaping out to be one of the top teams here in the West. And I know coming into this game, the LA Kings had won six in a row and Minnesota just shut them down. They just didn't give them much until late in that third period. Um, and then, yeah, just looking at uh, Minnesota um, points wise, they're second place in the West right now. They're playing fantastic hockey and even points percentage wise, they're also sitting at second. So a, a big surprise team. I mean, LA has been surprising as well. But, um, like, let's just not forget that, um, like, both of these teams are supposed to be in a rebuilding state. And they've both really played well as of late. Uh, Minnesota definitely uh, playing uh, better by taking this game. Yeah, for sure. This is, I guess, as a fan, this is a pretty good spot to be if you say that you're rebuilding. Yeah, for sure. They're, the Both teams are playing fantastic hockey right now. Yeah, so I guess... Just in terms of uh, rebuilding, um, what do you think is their kind of um, their what would what would you say their strategy would be to kind of get back into another playoff spot? Um, are you talking about Minnesota? Or are you talking about LA? I guess more Minnesota. Um, just keep doing what they're doing. They're playing great hockey. Um, they're getting the goaltending from both Kakinen and Talbot. So just. Um, and they're, they're scoring goals at will. I mean, they've scored like what three or more goals in like, like three or four of their last games. Like they just been playing so well. Uh, they, they haven't had uh, trouble putting the puck in the net. So they just got to keep doing that and they'll continue to hold their spot there in the West. Sounds good. And I guess I was just wondering um, what are some thoughts that you had on LA and uh, what do you see that they could kind, kind of improve on? Um, I guess just um, letting the young guys develop and um, become uh, good players. Um, I know they have a lot of young guys and they have been playing well. So just for them to keep developing and and growing into their roles with the team. Yeah, for sure. 
I think a bright, uh, bright side is that they do have a winning record. I think they're nine and seven. So especially with such a young team. Yeah, for sure. So I guess the Kings, they do have, I think their future is uh, looking like it's bright as of right now, but I guess we'll have to see in the coming years. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. So that's pretty much all the uh, recap games that we're going over. So uh, let's look at some pickups now. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with forwards first. Um, so who are some forwards that you think people should look at this week? Yeah, so hopping into uh, fantasy forwards, um, I got Phil Kessel here for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he's just been playing so well. Um, he's had like, what, a point at least in his last five games. I think he's had a goal in four of his five last games. He's just been playing insane hockey. Uh, Kessel, um, he's only like just under 35% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, so you really need to add him quick. Uh, he has that high end forward potential. We've seen how he's played in Pittsburgh before. So, and he's, he's logging um, like pretty good minutes um, overall. Um, he just generally uh, seems to always um, get the ice time. Um, so definitely uh, you want to hop on uh, this guy as he's close to 20 minutes a game. And that's a lot for a forward. Um, just looking at other forwards I have, um, our weekly guy, uh, Carter Verhage. Um, I know we said hashtag Verhage 50. Got to get this guy up to 50%. He's under 30% right now. Um, some people um, really just gave up on him as of recently, and I don't know why. I mean, in his last game, he played 20 minutes again. He had an assist. He, had, he was plus one. He had four shots, and he had a hit. This guy covers categories. Like, let's just say that he he's doing like whatever he can for this team. He's playing on the top line with Barkov and Duclair. Pick up this guy. We've been saying it. Pick him up. <laughs> I don't know why he went down, honestly. Um, I guess there might've just been other uh, hotter options and people just gave up on him or maybe Florida had postponed games. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think he should be coming back up and we're saying, get on the trend now before everyone hops on it, get on it. Cause pretty soon, We'll be saying Verhage 50. I, be- I believe it, man. Me too. We need to have some kind of celebration when he gets 50%. We, we got to be all in on this guy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And then my last forward is uh, Trevor Zagras. Um, he was recently called up by the Anaheim Ducks. We talked about him as being the number one prospect coming out of the World Junior Championship Tournament. Um, he hasn't uh, recorded a point in his first two NHL games, but he's put at least two shots on the net. Um, he's uh, been uh, a plus player in both of in both of those games combined. Um, and yeah, his minutes have increased uh, each game. So uh, he's another one of those guys where you got to hop on the trend. He's been added almost 20% in the last week. So people are really starting to hop on the trend. The moment this guy breaks out, it looks like he's going to be one of Anaheim's bright young stars. So you better hop on him soon. And yeah, that's what I got for forwards this week. Sounds good. Um, I've also got, I guess, a couple of forwards. So my first one would be um, Matt Zuccarello, Zuccarello for the Minnesota Wild. He's about 39% rostered, um, plus 36% last day. That's kind of a crazy amount of ads. So um, he's trending right now. 
Um, he's his totals right now are three goals, six assists. He's plus five, and he has seven shots on goal. So, if he continues playing like this and he keeps trending, you should definitely add him, especially if you need another uh, right wing. And my next forward is Nick Ritchie for the Boston Bruins. He's 38% rostered right now, plus 12% last day. He's rank 82, and he has seven goals, seven assists. He's minus four, and he has 40 shots on goal. Uh, unfortunately, Boston has been taking a lot of um, L's lately, so that's probably why his minus is so low. But um, Boston is still the top team in the East, and they will uh, eventually swing around. So. I don't think there's my uh, plus minus is going to be too much of an issue. So if you need a left wing, you should definitely take a look at him. And my last uh, forward is Pavel Zasha for the New Jersey Devils. Um, he's about 12% rostered right now, but his totals are five goals, seven assists. He's plus two and he has 28 shots on goal. And he has eligibility as a center and as a left wing. So if you need a, a player who can do either position, um, you should definitely take a look at him. So that's pretty much all my forwards as well. And I guess let's go to defense. Uh, who do you have for defense? Uh, yeah, once again, I have Radko Gudas here. I know he is day-to-day with an upper body injury as we speak. But this guy, we talked about the hit totals in his last game. He had eight hits, then he had six hits before that. He's had games of 10 hits this season. I mean, if you're in a, a league that counts hits, I know Yahoo's in their standard categories, hits uh, took over penalty minutes, uh, I think a couple years ago. So if hits is a standard category in your league, he is a must add. Uh, he's only 35% roster in Yahoo leagues. So hop on this guy. Someone might have dropped him because of him being day to day in case they don't have roster space because of a lot of injuries. So he's a must add. Put him on your uh, IR plus if you have it or else stash him on your bench. Uh, he should be back hopefully this weekend. Roll him in into one of your uh, four defensive spots in your starting lineup, and he's going to get you hits. That's all I got to say. Um, I mean, he'll even – his plus minus has been great all year. Um, I believe on the year he's like, what, a, a plus seven or something? Like, he's been solid, and he's got 32 shots on the year. So there you go. His points not might not be there, but he's more of a specialist type of defenseman, so that's what you'd own him for. And then uh, once again, another guy just sort of jump on, especially for deeper leagues and keeper leagues is uh, Bowen Byram, defenseman from the Colorado Avalanche. I know I've mentioned him uh, a couple of times, but yeah, he's one of those guys where you got to add him but, and you have to buck the trend before it actually happens, before his breakout. And you got to be one of the early ads so that when he does break out, you're, you're going to be really satisfied uh, with him. Um, he's con- continually getting more and more minutes with the Avalanche. Um, I believe like recently um, he's just been playing, uh, I think some games. Yeah. In that uh, outdoor game, uh, the Lake Tahoe one that we'll get to, um, you know, he's been playing a lot of minutes. Uh, He's been averaging, I think um, what almost 20 minutes a game. So for a first year defenseman, that's solid. Um, And he's uh, what, like, I'm pretty sure he's like uh, pretty even on the year for plus minus he'll get shots. He's been getting a lot of hits lately. I think he's had four hits in his uh, in his last three games, and four hits per game in his last three games. 
So he's had 12 hits there. So he's another hits guy. So solid, and he should break out soon. Sounds good. And uh, I've got, I guess, a couple of uh, defensemen as well. Um, Rasmus Anderson for the Calgary Flames. He's about 45% rostered. He was, uh, I guess, up by 15% from the last day. His totals are three goals, nine assists. He's minus six, and he has 38 shots on goal. Um, again, he's another player who is trending right now, and uh, you should probably pick him up before um, he gets to 50%, because by then he's not going to be available in most leagues. Um, the plus minus might be a little bit of an issue, but he covers other categories very, very well. And if you have a lot of players who have a very good plus minus, um, that shouldn't hurt you too much. And uh, my next defender is Nick Letty for the New York Islanders. He's a 15% rostered, so more of the deep league pick. His totals right now are one goal, 11 assists, is minus three, and he has 32 shots on goal. So if you need a defenseman who gets you a lot of assists, and you, yeah, basically if you're a team that's down in assists in general, um, you should probably take a look at him. And I guess we can move on to goalies. So uh, for goalies, who do you have? Yeah, I just got one goalie here, but I, I just want to reference both goalies actually from uh, the Minnesota Wild, both Capo Kakinen and Cam Talbot. Um, I believe both of them are under 50% owned from the last time I checked. Uh, Minnesota, like we talked about in the recap, they've been on a hot a streak as of late. Both goalies seem to be winning. Um, there's a lot of goalies that you might own that haven't been winning, whether you own guys from maybe Vancouver maybe Montreal. I know we talked about Jake Allen in weeks prior, but since Montreal hasn't been winning, maybe if you have a Jake Allen, you drop him for someone like Kakinen or Cam Talbot. And uh, those, those guys, they seem to be getting wins and their averages seem to be very good. So um, definitely uh, two guys to look at, Capo Kakinen and Cam Talbot for the Minnesota Wild. Sounds good. And I've got um, only one goalie as well, Calvin Peterson for... The LA Kings, he's about 27% rostered. He's rank, his rank is 79 right now, and he has uh, four wins. And his safe percent is uh, 93. So, wow. again, very solid player, especially yeah, for how rostered he is right now. So if you need another goalie, he's another guy that you should prob probably pick up, especially with how well he's been playing lately. Um, he's not going to disappoint you, that's for sure. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Yeah, so that's pretty much our pickups for this week. And now we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Lake Tahoe games. So I guess we'll start with uh, the one that uh, everyone's waiting for, uh, Vegas versus Colorado. Um it's kind of a crazy game for multiple reasons. The biggest reason is it was delayed for eight hours. <laughs> so I guess I was just wondering about your general thoughts on the game. 
Yeah, I mean, it was originally scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern, and then it was moved all the way after the first period. Like, um, what they said, they noticed, like, players were slipping and falling because the ice was melting because of the sun. I mean, they were playing in 10-degree weather, right? So 10-degree Celsius um, weather, and that's, you know, the ice is going to melt there. You need um, zero or, or minus level conditions Celsius to be able to, uh, run an outdoor game like that and the, i guess they didn't have the freezing capabilities to keep the game going so the, they pushed it back till midnight uh if, if you got a chance to watch the game you'll notice the the stark difference between the first period and the second and third periods where you see it was nice and bright out for the first period and then the second period uh and third period was all dark and then i guess just looking at the boston game the issue there wasn't the ice it was the sun uh, the Bruins players complained they had the sun in their face for the first period. Um, but they still were able to win that game. But um, I guess there's some things that NHL didn't really think about going into it. Uh, they could have, uh, you know, taken better care of the ice, um, maybe sort of put the rink in a place where the sun wouldn't get into a specific team's like eyes or you, you know how like where you organize the the direction of the rink that kind of thing so um but overall um they got a good viewership um boston had a big win there um and then the colorado avalanche also had a big win there we got to see some reverse retro jerseys out on the ice um and then yeah overall it was a good experience from from both games yeah for sure i think i guess like the they I guess they probably chose that, but just because of the scenery, um, it looked it looked really nice just seeing seeing the rink on the grass, and you could see the lake in the back background with all the mountains. So that's probably why they chose it. Yeah, for sure, great scenery, um, great golf course um, when it is used as a golf course, and it was just uh, overall a, a great choice for the NHL. They just could have made a, a couple of improvements. Yeah, for sure. I guess going forward, they'll probably. Uh, see what needs to be fixed and how to prevent that. Yeah, for sure. I can agree with that. So I guess, um, I guess I just wanted to, I guess, talk a lot of, a lot, not a little bit about, um, I guess one play that kind of stuck out to me was uh, the spin move at the end of the Vegas versus Colorado game, I believe. Um, it was, well, I think you're talking about the Alex Tuck goal. I yeah. remember that. It, it was an amazing shot. Normally when they spin like that, they shoot at the far side, but he backhanded it on the close side. So the goalie was moving the other direction. It was an amazing shot. It's one of the best goals this season that I've seen. Yeah, for sure. It's not every day that you get to see a spin move like that. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then just for the second game, David Pasternak getting the hat trick. Uh, I mean, Bruins fans love this guy. He's one of the best scorers in the league right now. He won the... Rocket Richard for the most goals last year, tied with Ovechkin. So we know he can score, and he proved it on one of the biggest stages. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I was just thinking about your thoughts on Tuck and Pasternak as, I guess, players just in fantasy and in hockey in general. Um, for fantasy, Pasternak should be owned in all leagues. Obviously, he was probably drafted in the first or second round in drafts uh, for standard leagues. And Alex Tuck seems to be... That, uh, that guy that he's an amazing goal scorer, but he hasn't found that consistent pace of scoring. So, um, I mean, just being on Vegas, maybe he should be owned in standard 12 team leagues, but um, if he's not owned, I can understand why, because he's not as consistent. 
Yeah, for sure. But again, those are two very good players, especially if Tuck is going to be doing spin moves like that again. Yeah, he's just a solid scorer, and I, I definitely like watching him uh, do all of the things he does to get goals. Yeah, there's putting people on skates, and then there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess for Philly versus the Bruins, I guess there was like a couple of goals that kind of stood out to me. There was the the Hayes assist. Yeah, I remember that. Good pass. Yeah, and there was the I guess the Frederick goal just because of how how long range it was. So I guess I was just wondering about your thoughts on that. Yeah, the Frederick goal was the goal that gave Carter Hurt the boot uh, from the net there. He just didn't look like he was having a good game. I believe that was Frederick's first NHL goal, so congrats to him. And yeah, um, he really let it rip there, and the goalie just couldn't get it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess so just wondering about your thoughts on Hayes as a player so far. Uh, yeah, he's been one of uh, Philadelphia's most solid players this year. I know they've dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of protocol issues with their team. But yeah, Hayes, um, the contract he signed seems to be pretty worth it as he's a solid player on both ends of the ice, offensively and defensively. For sure. And I guess I was just also wondering, uh, some, I guess some players or some goals that kind of stood out to you as you were watching. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, all of Pasternak's goals, they were great. Um, you talked about that spin goal um, just being a, another good one. So, yeah, I think those were th- those were mostly the, the goals that I really enjoyed uh, from an overall good outdoor experience. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll see more games like this in the future. Yeah, I'm hoping that they'll sort of do that. I know they've had outdoor games in the past, but uh, they've been very fan-reliant. Uh, maybe something like this um, just because of the whole COVID season, maybe it was good, so. We'll have to see going forward. Yeah, I know in the past they've had um, they've had ga- games in like uh because and like I guess those old school hockey rinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess hopefully I guess next season when everything kind of clears up, we'll be able to see some more um outdoor hockey and kind of those old school rinks with some attendance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I guess we'll move on to Montreal. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the state of Montreal. Um, They haven't been doing so well. Um, They've decided to let go of Claude Julien and Kirk Muller. Uh, So far, Dominique Duchamp is taking, taking over as a head coach for the rest of the year. And Alex Burrow is joining. And the rest of the um, staff that they have is going to be staying for this year. So I guess I was just wondering about your thoughts on uh, Julien's uh, tenure as a head coach. Um, I know that um, in uh, past tenures he's had with different teams, um, just near the end of his tenure, teams have sort of, uh, especially players, have sort of gotten frustrated with his uh, coaching. So, um, I mean, he does have winning formulas for coaching, but I guess um, the players can only take it from him for so long. So um, I think maybe this was good for Montreal. I know it didn't look like it in their first game. They just, they just didn't play well there uh, either, but um, hopefully uh, they can turn it around coming up. But uh, yeah, um, 
I heard, um, you know, Alex Burrells was helping with their minor league team. I, I didn't know he had as much experience as he has. So it might be a good thing that they, they did bring him on the coaching staff. Um, and then, yeah, just um, looking at this team, hopefully they can turn it around. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, like sometimes uh, coaches, they, they do, they do know what they're doing, but there's also the chemistry in the locker room from, the coach to the players like if the yeah, exactly. players don't trust the coach it doesn't matter how much you know it's just not gonna get done yeah i can definitely agree with that and i guess i was just wondering about your thoughts on how uh, dominique kadusharm is doing so far it hasn't looked good let me just say that i think i'll just i don't want to criticize him i'm just gonna leave it at that Let, let's just see what happens uh with their with their next game yeah for sure like, again, it's not necessarily that he's a bad coach. It's just that they're basically learning an entirely new system on the fly. And mm-hmm. even for NHL players, you can't just learn a new system on the fly like that. You need some time to kind of go over all the plays. So maybe it'll, they'll take a bit of a dip while they're uh, learning Ducharme's system. But as they get used to it, um, hopefully they'll be able to bounce back in time for the playoffs. Yeah, let's see. Uh, they were looking like one of the top teams in the North. Hopefully they'll be able to stay there. Yeah, especially for Montreal fans. Yeah, I know a lot of Montreal fans, um, both members of the podcast and friends that I have. So they're definitely hoping for a turnaround from this team. Yeah, for sure. And I guess... Just in general, I guess some fantasy implications of uh, the new coach. Um, yeah, um, just in terms of fantasy implications, uh, whether you had players like Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson, um, maybe guys like Thomas Tatar, they've been struggling lately for forwards and then defensemen as of recently, uh, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, Alex Romanov, and both goalies have struggled uh, to get wins, both Carey Price and Jake Allen. So uh, I know the first game didn't look good, but hopefully they can get it turned around. And I mean, Tyler Toffoli has still been their best player, regardless of wins or losses. So he's definitely uh, the guy that still needs to be owned. But uh, as for the others, you just got to wait and see with how this team's playing. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I'm just wondering about your thoughts on their playoff implications. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a team that they had a new coach uh, during the season, they were able to make the playoffs and how well they did. So I was just wondering about your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I know one year when Pittsburgh won the cup, they changed coaches in the middle of the year. So, I mean, it is possible to make a run. It doesn't always happen, like you said. So yeah, um, uh, they, they're, they'll definitely have to turn it around if they want to do something uh, and, and try and make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dominique has a lot of pressure on his shoulders right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, I know we're going to be talking about the standings. So just looking at the North standings, uh, Montreal, they were in first at one point, even ahead of Toronto, but they've just been dropping um, Toronto, as we speak, 32 points, then Edmonton with 28, Winnipeg with 25, Montreal with 22, and Calgary's right behind them with 20. I know if they can turn things around they're with their next meeting against Ottawa, they could even pass Montreal. So it's getting scary for them. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I was just also wondering uh, if you think this isn't necessarily a coach issue, but 
it could be a locker room issue from player to player, or it could be something else. Uh, if this coaching change doesn't change all this losing that's going on, it could be a management issue or it could be a player issue. All right. Sounds good. Or I guess not so good if you're from Montreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not good. Not good. <laughs> So I guess just, I was wondering about, I guess the landscape of the NHL right now, we did talk a little bit about the North, but I guess I was wondering about your thoughts on the other divisions. Yeah, we'll start with the central Florida's playing insane hockey, um, seven wins in their last 10. They have 28 points. Then Tampa Bay has 27 points. They also have seven wins in their last 10. Chicago has 26 points. They have eight wins in their last 10. So those three teams are flying. Um, Carolina, they have been good over the year. 12-6-1 record, 25 points. And then the other teams are just below. Columbus, 500 record, 21 points. You got Dallas with 16, Nashville with 16, and Detroit with 15. I know Dallas has played less games, so they're probably a little bit better than those teams. But yeah, that's sort of the way it's shaping up. Sounds good. And... I guess if there's a, I guess a team that's kind of lower in the, in the standings, uh, do you think there'd be a chance for anybody to kind of catch up? Um, it would be Dallas for me. The others, I don't know. I, I think Dallas, they, they can turn around because we saw them go to the, the finals last year. Yeah, for sure. And we said before, don't answer, underestimate the heart of a champion, but a, a team that makes the finals, you can't really underestimate them either. Yeah, I mean, look at Miami and the NBA. They're really making a turnaround. I think Dallas could do something similar here in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. And I guess um, I guess your thoughts on, I guess, how the NHL is looking in general. Um, yeah, um, moving to the East Division, um, we talked about Boston, their struggles. I'm surprised Washington's in second right now with their struggles. They've only won four out of their last 10. Everything's squeezing up there in that division. Philly, um, I mean, they've been decent. They've won six out of their last 10. The Islanders are there. Pittsburgh's there. That division's tightening up. I think anyone could take it at this point. Sounds good. And... I guess it's it's good because there's going to be a lot of um, close games and a lot of high-level hockey. Yeah, the a lot of the games have been close. Recently, there have been some blowouts, as we saw, but in general, most of the games that in uh, the East Division have been close. Yeah. So I guess in the East, do you think there's uh, any team that can kind of catch up to the teams on top? I think, like I said, it's that top five race. Uh, with those top five teams there, it's going to be four out of those five making the playoffs. Yeah. So I guess if you're a fan of a team on the bottom, hopefully they'll go into full spoil mode and just try to troll as people as much as they can. Yeah. Um, I don't see any of the other three teams really doing anything. I know fans of their respective franchises would disagree with me, but that's just sort of what I'm seeing. Yeah. And I guess in the... I think it was the central division, I guess. What was your thoughts oh, the West, on that? The West. Yeah, yeah, the West, my bad. Um, yeah, just looking at the West, uh, we uh, talked about it a bit earlier. Vegas has been on top mostly the whole season. Minnesota moved into second. They've been playing well. Uh, St. Louis is in third. 
They got 22 points tied with Minnesota. They played more games, so they're a little bit further behind. Then LA's played well, 21 points. They're sitting in fourth. And I guess the, the main story is Colorado slipping. They were supposed to be one of the top teams there. They're in sixth right now. They've played less games than everyone else. I get it. But the 19 points in 16 games isn't going to cut it. Uh, they really need to, to get it going. Um, I believe tonight they were winning, so that might change. Um, but yeah, they they really need to to get things going there. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, um, like we said, Minnesota and LA have been surprises this year. And yeah, we'll see if any of them can make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the difference between Colorado and the Golden Knights are about, I think, four points. Uh, Colorado has 19 and Vegas has about 23. So catching up close is overall. doable. Yeah, close yeah. overall. Yeah. I think this is probably the division where it's like almost anyone can make it. If it's a they pretty much come. a toss up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. So I guess if you're a, if you're a fan of any team in this division, don't lose hope just yet. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I know Anaheim hasn't been playing well, um, but other than that, I think any other team can sort of make a run. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that kind of segues into our uh, Saturday games right now. Mm-hmm. So I guess we could talk a little bit about the first one. Um, I guess, let's see, Phil, the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be facing the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. And I guess I was just wondering about your, your thoughts on this matchup. Uh, about who might take it. Yeah. Um, I know Philadelphia, they haven't really been playing at their best level. I could see them taking this game. Buffalo also hasn't been playing at their best level. Um, but yeah, I just like Philadelphia here. They're really trying to turn things around. So I could, I could definitely see Philadelphia taking this game. They are favored um, at minus uh, 140 right now as I'm looking at the odds. Um, and yeah, I like that for Philadelphia. Sounds good. I mean, they they are a leading team in their division, so it is to be expected. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the next game scheduled is the Washington Capitals versus the New Jersey Devils. Uh, previously, the Capitals won, mm-hmm. but it was by one goal, and the Devils, they did not make it easy. So I was wondering if uh, an upset is possible. Um, yeah, that game was sort of was sort of what turned around Washington's losing skit there. I remember that game. Um, I don't know. This game's going to be close again. I do still like Washington. Um, yeah, they they are favored at a minus one uh, one thirty five. Um, they have been playing a lot better. I, I think I do like Washington. I feel like they can score goals in this game too. So um, especially the way they played against Pittsburgh, that'll give them confidence. So I really like Washington. Yeah, it looks like uh, Washington really has the momentum going into this game. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of momentum, we have the Calgary Flames versus the Ottawa Senators. I knew we were going to get to this game. I knew it. And (laughs) Calgary, you better turn it around. Um, They're heavily favored at minus uh, 155. Um, 
they need to win this. They should win this. They should win it by more than two goals. If this team is legit, if, if Markstrom is coming back to play for tomorrow, then I think you can hammer Calgary at winning by two goals or more. They should uh, Markstrom, if he's healthy, um, he should provide solid goaltending for them and they need to beat Ottawa here. It's a must win for Calgary. I mean, hopefully because I know like Ottawa, they've been having a lot of fun spoiling for people, but it's the, this can't go on forever. If you're a fan of other teams in the division, it can't Calgary, you need to win this. If they don't win this, Ottawa is really changing my mind. And there's definitely a problem in Calgary. Yeah, for sure. Although I don't, I wonder if it'd be a problem in the entire, entire division because how is Ottawa going to like start like this and then just beat everyone? The The problem in the entire division would be Ottawa because Ottawa would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the next team that we're going to cover is the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Nashville Predators. Uh, they both have similar records. Um, Columbus is 8-8 eight and eight, and Nashville is 8-11. and 11. But uh, Nashville did win pretty decisively by about two goals. So I guess I was just wondering who you think is going to take it. I'm surprised Columbus is not favored here. Uh, They're the underdog at plus 110. I actually like them being the underdog to win this game. Um, I think that they definitely have more scoring than Nashville right now. Uh, They're definitely playing a bit better hockey than Nashville as well. Uh, maybe because Nashville's home, that might be the reason. But the, I mean, most stadiums don't have fans, so yeah, give give me Columbus here. I think that's pretty much what I have to say about this game. I like Columbus. Sounds good. They're a little bit overlooked, but they're going to be looking to prove people wrong. Yeah, I think so. And the next game, I think you're going to be watching this one. It's Toronto Maple Leafs versus Edmonton Oilers. Fantastic game. That game yeah. could go either way. The odds are even right now. Both teams, I know the Oilers are a bit hotter than the Leafs right now, but um, yeah, both teams are good. Both teams can score this game. I don't know which way it's going to go. In my heart, it says Toronto. In my head, it says it could go either way. I mean, their previous matchup, the difference was like one goal. And yeah, I mean, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, they're both really good. I mean, we said it before, McDavid's like a generational player, but you can't sleep on Matthews either. Yeah, I mean, in secondary scores, Edmonton has Dreisaitl and the Leafs have Mitch Marner. So there's scores on lots of lines for these teams. So it's it's going to be a great game to watch. Yeah, even like the difference between like Matthews and McDavid and Dreisaitl and Marner, like it's like really close. So yeah. I think this is going to be a game where, where it's like you're not going to know until like the last period. Yeah, I think so. And I guess we'll move on to the New York Islanders versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, This was another close game. Uh, There was only one goal difference. Um, I guess their previous matchup, but this isn't counting the, was it the upset? No, that was my bad. But yeah, yeah, this is the previous uh, matchup was 3-2. Three, three, so uh, New York did beat Boston. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking of. They did beat Boston. 7-2, I think it was, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, they do also have similar records. Pittsburgh um, has is 10-7. New York is 10-6. Is so I was wondering, who do you think has uh, the advantage going into this matchup? I don't really think any team has the advantage. Um, I know the Islanders are a favorite at minus 125 for two reasons. They're at home, and they've been winning quite a bit lately. But yeah, I, in my opinion, this game could go either way. I don't see one team having the advantage. I know Pittsburgh has had the advantage on them this season, but I believe Pittsburgh won a lot of those games at home. And I, I believe one of them was uh, the, the Crosby's 1,000th game, so that sort of gave them a boost. But yeah, I think it's pretty even here. Yeah, and I guess just wondering about some of the fantasy implications about players on this team. Do you think it'll be like a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? I know the odds for high-scoring and low-scoring are about equal at this point, so they really don't know. Um, I think more of a low-scoring game. I don't see the Islanders blowing them out. I don't see Pittsburgh blowing out. I think uh, around five goals might be what you might see, five or six goals, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because the last matchup was like 4-3. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. I mean, we would say it was a high-scoring game la- like last year or two years ago. But this but... year, it's been crazy. <laughs> I think scoring's up the most since 2007. It's the most it's been since 2007. So there's a lot of scoring this year. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. And I guess... I was wondering about this next game as well. Um, do you think there's going to be a high-scoring game uh, for Dallas versus Tampa Bay? Okay, so we're finally getting the Stanley Cup rematch. We were supposed to have it earlier in the year, but all the games kept getting postponed, whether it's because of COVID or uh, Dallas's whole thing with their snowstorm or whatever. We're finally getting this game. Um, I think Tampa will win this game. They're heavily favored, though, at minus 192. So I think that, um, I mean, if you're someone that wants to win off this game, I think the best way to do is maybe just put a bit on Dallas and, you know, because I, I don't know, these two teams are very evenly matched for Tampa to be that heavily favored. I don't see it. I see this game being a lot closer than uh, people are saying. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were in the finals last year and they are, this is a pretty, um, evenly matched team so hopefully it'll be a good a good game it won't just be one-sided yeah i know in the finals some of those games went to overtime so these teams were close this is not a blowout game i don't see this being a blowout game yeah and i guess we could talk a little bit about the next game now uh it's gonna be the carolina hurricanes versus the florida panthers um so far, Carolina, their their win streak is three L, so it's not really a win streak; it's a, a losing streak. Mm-hmm. And Florida, they just had their first win. Um, their previous matchup, the Panthers did win by one goal. So, again, another another um, I guess even looking team. So, I was wondering who you think is going to take it. I actually like Carolina to bounce back from all these losses. I don't see them uh, being a team that's going to just keep taking losses. Florida's been uh, riding high as of late, so I think they're, they they could be a team to take a loss, and I think this might be it. Even though Florida is at home, um, Carolina, I think, will bounce back. Yeah. I think it looks like uh, Florida, 
their last game they did just turn up the Jets in the third period. So I guess it, it looks like all the time though. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> well, they'll probably try something like that, but like you said, it's still Carolina. Carolina has a solid defense. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to do something like that against them. Hopefully not. <laughs> and I guess we could talk a little bit about Detroit versus Chicago. Well, this is a big slate. I just noticed how many games are here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chicago, Chicago, they did beat Detroit by two goals. Um, Chicago does have the better record, but Detroit is coming off a win. They're both, both teams are on win streaks right now. But um, I was wondering if you think Detroit still has a chance, even though they probably would be the underdog. I'm just liking Chicago more and more. As I look at this, they've just been playing so well. I think that they should take this game. Sounds good. Well, not for Detroit, but... <laughs> yeah, for Chicago. Yeah, for and Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> and we have another game against... Uh, we have LA Kings against the Minnesota Wild. Um, well, that, that game just happened tonight. It's a rematch. Um, yeah, I like the Kings. To bounce back they just okay. they just won six games in a row then they took that loss against minnesota friday night bounce back uh i'm expecting for the kings um i i think uh calvin peterson's gonna be a net we talked about picking him up in fantasy he should be a net for this game he's been playing really well i, I could see la winning this yeah for sure especially if you picked up peterson pick him up start him tomorrow 100 percent you heard it here, folks. Heard it here to hear first. Yeah, folks. Yeah, Saturday matchup. Pick him, start him. That's it. Yep. And now we have the Colorado Avalanche versus Arizona, and another uh, player that we said Pete Paul should pick up. Phil Kessel is going to be in the game. Yep, he just and... scored in the Friday matchup against Colorado. Um, getting the results from that game. Now they did lose that game three two. But Kessel did score again. So, yeah, pick him up, start him against the Avalanche. Um, they might, uh, uh, you know, not be uh, playing at 100% uh, to their potential like they haven't been as of late. So, yeah, um, I could see Kessel getting on the board. I don't know if Arizona will take this. I still like Colorado, but uh, we'll definitely have to see how this game goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean... It was another close game, so we'll see. Um, I think it was like a one-goal difference, but I guess it looks like Colorado is favored, but hopefully uh, Arizona can put up a decent fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think they can. They definitely did um, in, in the Friday matchup. And um, just before you get into it, um I think you might be talking about the Montreal game next. And if you are, Montreal needs a win here. Uh, we talked <laughs> about this. They are on the road against the Jets. The Jets are a good team. Um, if Montreal doesn't get a win here, then I think there's going to be some serious consequences with this team. That's just all I have to say. I don't have anything else to say about that game. Yeah, um, yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a must win for Montreal. Uh, we'll just say that for sure. Yeah. 
And I guess next we'll move on to the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Anaheim Ducks. So, I mean, it's Vegas, so we're kind of... They're so heavily favored in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Minus 220, I'm looking at. Um, Vegas should win. They should win. It might be a one-goal game just because of how tight Anaheim plays defensively, but Vegas should win. Yeah. Surprisingly, the Ducks actually did beat Vegas uh, 1-0, so... There is a possibility, but I mean, it's Vegas, so. Yeah, but here's the thing. John Gibson absolutely stole that game in net for the Ducks. Um, there's not much to say about that. Flurry didn't even play bad. Allowing one goal in the third period is not bad. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess we could, we'll be expecting another win uh, from Vegas. Yeah. And the last game that's going to be scheduled for Saturday is the St. Louis Blues versus the San Jose Sharks. Another, um, I guess, another close game. Uh, fairly high scoring. Uh, the Sharks won 5-4. So I guess both teams are on a losing losing streak, so they're both going to be fighting as hard as they can to kind of snap the losing streak. And I was... Uh, wondering who you think has the advantage. Um, it's really tough to say. I might lean towards the Sharks just because of all the injuries St. Louis has had. Um, but honestly, this game could go either way. St. Louis could just as easily bounce back and beat this team. Yeah, for sure. They, I don't think they're going to be wanting to take more um, L's because they already have three. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. But uh, yeah, we'll see. That game's pretty much a toss-up in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess that's a that's about it for the Saturday games. So I guess, uh, do you want to talk about our fantasy pool? Yeah, I mean, I'm still on top. I'm leading by like 20-something points, I believe. 26 points to be exact over the second place person. And I guess we're just going to be doing another interview. That's kind of what it's turning out to be because none of you guys can catch up. <laughs> Well, that's what it's looking like. Uh, it looks like your reputation as the expert on the podcast is safe. I mean, was it ever really in doubt? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. So I guess maybe we'll have something uh, different planned out. Yeah, probably something. something special, I think. Yeah. we got to make it special for sure. Yeah. And that about wraps it up for this week of everything nhl uh tune in next time pick up carter verhage and if you listen to the podcast um put in hashtag verhage 50 put it on twitter put it on instagram put it on facebook put in the comments put in the comments any podcast you listen to put hashtag Verhage 50 because uh we need the world to know that Verhage is being slept on gotta get him up Got to get him up. All right. And uh, tune in next week for another installment of Everything NHL.